Let's get back to more of this rich dialogue with Tavis Smiley. A lot to cover in this half hour with our guest, Randy Weingarten, president of the American Federation of Teachers, AFL-CIO. We just celebrated, as you recall, American Education Week. We had a pretty powerful roundtable of educators on this program celebrating again uh, um, the recent uh, week that we uh, designate as American Education Week once a year in this country. We'll get Randy Weingarten's thoughts on the state of American education in a moment. But let me start, Randy, by asking you um, your read on... uh, Actually, I started calling it a summer of strikes, and then it went past the summer, so I had to change my phrase to a season of strikes. But there's been so much... Much activity of late with labor unions. You run one of the biggest. Uh, your thoughts on all this activity in this country with laborers who've had enough? So, look, first off, Tavis, it's so great to hear your voice, and it's great to be with you. Likewise. And so thank you so much. So I think what's happened in this, um, we're in a very bizarre, scary, terrifying time in not only America, but the world. And we really are in this fight of hope and fear and of um, democracy versus autocracy. Mm. And, you know, and, and there's, and for workers, regular workers, um, what I think has happened over the last two or three years in particular And the last time we saw this, and remember, I am a social studies teacher, so I look through the aperture of of history. Mm -hmm. Um, We, you know, even though there's lots of things that were wrong with FDR and with FDR's presidency, the last time we saw work, not wealth, prioritized by a president of the United States was FDR. And Biden has a lot of FDR in him. And there is a sense, so there's an environment um, that says that work should be valued and should be compensated properly. And you have a president of the United States who says that all the time, doesn't say, well, you know, gonna, you've got to grin and bear the, you know, huge changes of globalization and competition. Mm-hmm. He says work has to be prioritized. But you also have young people in particular who have said and understood that the way to create power for themselves and others is through collective action and collective bargaining and collective associations. And that that is also for capitalism, the way you create a check and balance in terms of capitalism. So we've gone from a right wing that has for the last 50 or 60 years, undermined um, collective action and labor unions and the movement. And you see, you know, all those cases after cases after cases and, you know, wrongly termed things like right to work and things like that. And in that, in, in that crevice, in that divide, in that, you know, in, in, in the, um, in the space that that has created, you see the labor movement ascended. You see, Mm -hmm kids basically saying, wait a second, I want better for myself and my families. You see workers saying, wait a second, I want better for myself and my families. And that's how you're seeing, you know, the um, people in Amazon saying, I want to, you know, I want to organize. People in Starbucks saying, I want to organize. But the good news here is, even when or if we lose one or two of these, 
it doesn't stop the movement. Mm. The movement is growing and growing and growing. So look at what happened in SAG-AFTRA. Look at what happened with the Writers Guild. Look mm. what happened with the bakery workers. Look at what happened with UPS. Look at what happened with UAW. Look at what's happened. You know, we've had, you know, we had Red for Ed. We had a lot of strikes in 18 and 19. We've also had several strikes since that point. We stopped during COVID because we knew that, frankly, it was really important to get kids back into schools and really focus that way. So you don't see as many educator strikes, but look at in the hospital sector and the healthcare sector. Mm. And I have to say for us as the AFT, you know, with all the hating um, that the extremists do of us and trying to undermine teaching and learning and public schools, we've now had 74 new units of workers joining either through card check, but mm. mostly through elections. Since January, mm. I've never witnessed this. 74 new units, thousands of new workers. Now, we don't, you know, we don't actually um, truly count them in the membership until they get their first contract. Mm -hmm. But that we've never had this. So this is labor union ascendant because workers want a better life for themselves and their families. And the more <laughs> density we have, the more benefits that um, that that people will see in terms of higher pay and better health care and retirement benefits. You used the word movement a moment ago, and I don't I don't I don't know that I necessarily want to argue with that, but I do want to probe it. Um, movements in this country, as you know, you are as you mentioned a social studies teacher, so you understand and look through um, you you engage your work and witness through the lens of history, which I which I which I applaud, but. Movements are very rare in this country. Uh, my 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 frame is this, Randy. I believe that you start with a moment. That moment, if you're fortunate, builds momentum, and that momentum can become a movement. Moment, momentum, and movement. That's the way I have read history when you talk about movements. Moment, momentum, and movement. So again, that movements are very rare. So you use the word movement uh, and you choose your words very carefully. You didn't say moment. You didn't say momentum. You said movement. Do you think that we are witnessing a movement now on the, uh, on the part of labor in this country? I'm, hope, I'm hopeful about it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we call ourselves a movement um, Travis, and, you know, we have called ourselves a movement for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but we lost a lot of density and we lost a lot of clout over the course of the last, you know, 50, 60, 70 years. But we didn't die. Mm -hmm. And this and so the underpinnings, the foundation stones have still been there. Um, but what's happening is that new breath has been breathed into the, you know, uh, into the trade union movement. Right. And so I think we've taken these moments. So, you know, for example, I was quite concerned, you know, and I'm rooting for Amazon and there's going to be another, you know, there'll be a lot more attempts to, um, to organize Amazon workers. Right. But, you know, 10 or 20 years ago, if we lost an election, um, like if the UAW lost a big election in terms of auto or we mm -hmm. lost a big election, then, you know, you, 
you know, you'd have a lot of pundits say, well, the moment has passed yeah. because the momentum has been, to use your words, the moment has passed, mm-hmm. the momentum has been stymied. Yeah. And what I'm seeing now is that, you know, the, you know, sometimes you have one step forward, two steps backwards, but people are getting up and still organizing yep. and, I love, and still yeah. doing that work. And that's why I think that it is a movement that is rising, that is. Um, limited time here with Randy Weidengarten, but a couple more things I want to cover with her when we come forward. I want to get her take, of course, on the state of American education. That could She could spend hours talking about that. We don't have hours, but I just want to get her read uh, her take, her temperature on where we are now uh, with education in this country. Uh, I, I do want to ask her how she reads this increase in homeschooling. I've had a number of conversations on this program, as our listeners know, uh, about homeschooling. And certainly in the African-American community, it has really caught fire. Homeschooling African-American children want to get her take on that as well. So a few more things to cover when we come forward with the president of the American Federation of Teachers, AFL-CIO, our guest, Randy Weingarten on Tavis Smiley. Hope, agency, dignity. This is Tavis Smiley. Sounds different, huh? This is Tavis Smiley. This is Tavis Smiley in conversation with the president of the American Federation of Teachers, AFL-CIO, Randy Weingarten, watching my time, which is getting away. Uh, I want to cover a few more things with Randy Weingarten. Randy, let me start um, with what, again, you could spend hours unpacking, but give it to me in short form, the state of American education, given that we just celebrated American Education Week in this country. Mm-hmm. So let me actually start with 90% of kids in America still go to public school. Mm -hmm. And there's been lots of ways that, you know, there's been lots of opt-outs of public schooling over the course of, I don't know, the last 50 to 100 years. And there's been lots of things that have been wrong with public schooling. But the thing that's right about public schooling is that every state in America every municipality, every county, every rural area, there is an obligation that we teach our children mm. and that, you know, parents have a right to do something else with their kids. But the state, the public, has an obligation to actually help our children learn and thrive in a safe and welcoming environment. Now, I think that what that COVID, George Floyd's murder, um, the the gun violence, mental health crisis, social media. Mm. There's lots of things that have made um, the job of a school teacher right now, and frankly, the job of a parent right now, harder than maybe ever before. Mm-hmm. And you know, and so you know, I, let's. So I'm not surprised that the numbers of homeschooling have gone up. I'm also not surprised that. Over the course of the last year, um, that the numbers of um, kids coming back to public schools have have started ticking up as well. But at the end of the day, what public schools should do is we need to create a safe and welcoming environment that addresses the issues of today and tomorrow, not the old factory model that we were in years and years ago. So that's why I'm on. I focus on Tavis not just fighting the book bans and fighting uh, the censorship, Mm -hmm. but what are we going to do in schools to help combat loneliness, 
to help ensure literacy skills, mm. to help, you know, um, deal with mental health crisis. What are we going to do so that kids really want to be in schools and parents yeah. want to send kids to school? So we're on this kick of really focused on community schools and wraparound services to take on the social media companies and the algorithm. We have given out 9 million books as people have tried to ban books in mm. lots of different um, diverse titles um, and help teachers learn and master the science of reading so that they can help all kids. And the thing I'm most excited about is we should be doing a lot more stuff in terms of experiential learning. Could you imagine if kids learn from you about how to be a broadcaster, about how to really do media, mm. about how to have that kind of career ladder and career path? You know, we have chips coming into this country. We should be making sure that kids have a career path into advanced manufacturing. We have a huge shortage in terms of health care. We should have pathways there as well. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we should cut the cost of college so that it's affordable. Ninety-four percent of kids in these CTE programs, the career tech programs, graduate from high school on time and 70 percent go to college. So, yes. There's homeschooling. Yes, it's for lots of different reasons, a lot of it being safety. But we need to make sure that public schools mm. deal with ensuring that kids develop relationships, uh, overcome um, learning loss, overcome anxiety, loneliness, and really have get their mojo back and yeah. really want to go into school because they're learning something fun and meaningful. We started this program today, uh, Randy, and uh, a half-hour tribute to Rosalind Carter, who, as you know, spent a half century working on the issue of mental health. So to hear you uh, uh, raise that issue uh, in this conversation just uh, connects the dots in ways that um, always amaze me when I sit uh, and uh, try to moderate this program for three hours every day. When we come forward in our remaining moments with Randy Weingarten, um, this program is uh, syndicated across the country, and we are heard in a beautiful place called Chicago. Uh, and the mayor of Chicago, Brandon Johnson, who's been a guest on this program a few times, was, in fact, is, in fact, a school teacher. And I'm curious to ask Randy, uh, what happens when school teachers go into public policy, when they go into uh, the public service arena as elected officials? What uh, what advantage uh, do we have when we have more teachers going into that kind of public policy? We'll get Randy's take on that in our final moments when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. What's your quarrel with the world? You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Ready to re-examine your assumptions and expand your inventory of ideas? More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. Got about two and a half minutes left, Randy Weingarten, uh, just a quick two and a half minutes. Um, but uh, I celebrate uh, Brandon Johnson, who I've known for years. Uh, I consider him a friend. Uh, as the mayor of the city of Chicago, uh, we are heard there on WVON, the voice of the Negro. Love that station in Chicago. Uh, but what happens when school teachers become elected officials? So there's more empathy. Yeah. There's more context. There's more understanding. School teachers have to figure out how to solve problems. You mm. can't, you don't sit in a class, you know, complaining about things. You sit in a class trying to help kids learn, trying to connect the dots, trying to figure out what the solution is and how to implement it and execute it. And you do it oftentimes without the resources, without the respect. So you learn how to be MacGyver better than MacGyver. <laughs> and Brandon has all of those skills and, on top of it, comes from the community and is embraced in community. I watched, I was honored to be one of his, you know, surrogates during mm -hmm. his campaign. And I watched how he really, you know, you know, I've always seen him. I've known him for a long time. We've worked together for a long time. 
you know, but we've done it in the schools and the labor movement context. Mm -hmm. I watched him as he ran be so completely embraced by the um, Chicago African-American community as one of their own. He's embraced by teachers as one of their own. And I think what happens is it gives somebody like Brandon, the mayor, you know, a benefit of the doubt. And look what's happening. You know, crime, um, serious crime is down in the city. And, you know, again, he's taken a multifaceted approach that says, let's get to the root of things. Let's create dignity. Let's create more jobs. Let's create ways that we really um, holistically um, solve problems yeah. that that help people become, you know, help people with the tools that they need to um, have a dignified life. Yep. Randy Weingarten, I always appreciate you taking my phone calls and uh, accepting my invitation to come on this program when we need you to talk about the key issues of the day. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy holiday season to you. Randy Weingarten, president of the American Federation of Teachers, AFL-CIO. Randy, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Travis. Have a happy holiday. Likewise. Be safe.